everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. For those of you that, for some reason, actively follow our podcast, you'll notice that we're late again this week. I know it's been happening a lot. Um, It's my fault. I absolutely will take the blame. I took on a new class just for six weeks to bail somebody out, and uh, it's kicking my butt, frankly. (laughs) I added 16 more students. It's a class I never taught before, so there's a lot of background work. Um, Yeah, it's been rough. You didn't have to go into the details again. I just said life was getting in the way. So, I mean, that's enough. That's enough. I I know, but I want to be transparent. I feel like, you know, the five people that listen to us, there are people. They want to (laughs) know. Yeah, it's true. All five of them. Yep. <laughs> so it has been my fault. I'm thinking we need to change our recording day to a day earlier. So then if we do have to push it back, it's only one day. That's probably true. Probably not a bad idea. Something we can revisit. Yes. But we will we'll work on it. We'll get better. It's all my fault. I apologize. Come at me with your torch and pitchforks. I can handle it. I'm not going to say we'll get better because then that sets up a, you know, a precedent we may not be willing yeah. to go for. Yeah. Would you, would you say, uh, let's just play it week by week and see what happens. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> we'll continue to play it by ear and uh, you get what you get. Sorry. But yeah, I just want to be clear. It's my fault. Um, yeah, it's just a lot. I have over 80 students this semester. Um, and as an English teacher, that's a lot of writing happening, a lot of things to grade. Um, I'm constantly creating new content for them to make it better. Uh, and then plus, you know, we have two children and extracurriculars and I, it's just been a madhouse. I feel like a total madhouse around here. But I will work on getting my affairs in order for you all. Um, so part of that is getting started with crowdfunding. And not only do I have some Kickstarters, I have a cr- some crowdfunding news from Backerkit. Watch out. Now, I have to give Mike all the credit. <laughs> He's the one that told me it was on Backerkit, although I did know that this existed. And the first one I want to talk about today is the new expansion for Arch Ravels, and that is called Magic Socks. Okay, Arch Ravels, most adorable game. Uh, it's a game about knitting. Or crocheting, I think. I don't know if it's very specific. I, if it's I think it's crocheting, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I believe so. I wasn't quite sure. It is very difficult to crochet socks. But in this expansion, that's what you get, magic socks. But you don't have to crochet them. The gnomes are. So there's kind of an extra little place that you can go. You can go to the gnome nook and you can trade in something that you have made as a human uh, to get a gnome made sock and that gives you a special power so you can go and trade out special powers also like let's say you go and you already have a gnome sock if you get another a second one you have to choose one to keep and then you can discard the old one or give it to another crafter which may cause them to have to discard the one they have themselves so just a little extra addition to the game. Um, it also makes this six players. This expansion does. You also can use all the special request cards because when you visit the gnomes, you can look at the public special request board and you can look at the the stack of special requests and take one for yourself. You can look at three and take one. Uh the, the magic socks have all these kind of cool abilities. Maybe you get extra shopping. Maybe you can craft an item when you do something else, which is really nice because this game is kind of tight. 
Uh, there's new characters with this expansion because now you can play up to six. So there's also they have new special player powers, which, again, is something I think is really cool about this game to begin with. And uh, it is like the special powers are cool for the new ones. And they've got these new adorable little markers that I think are so cute. But as if that wasn't enough, they go above and beyond. And there's lots of other things that you can get through this Kickstarter. They have theme packs, which it doesn't really change the game, but it adds these absolutely adorable, like it gives you new patterns and item tokens that you can use in your game. It can be like a cuddly theme. It can be little like cryptids or it can be dinos. So you get your own little theme going with the things that you create, which is very cute. There are also two mini expansions. One has some awards that you can start like are trying to shoot for these goals that everyone's going for. and You're trying to beat other people, which I think is a nice ad. And also there's a rivals expansion that has um, events and things that allow you to do more direct interaction, makes it a little meaner. And honestly, this is a very nice, friendly crafting game. Um, but the the opportunity for those extra little expansions, I think, is great. There's also an official solo mode that you can get through this uh, where you're like, you are crafting against the gnomes. Has a very Rumpelstiltskin kind of feel to it. Uh, and you can mix and match. If you don't have the base game, you can get it through this. If you want the Deluxified, you can get it there. Uh, and the shipping costs are actually pretty good. In the U.S., um, their estimate, like... $13 of shipping for all pledge levels, which I find kind of amazing. And then the rest of the world is $30. They're not shipping to Russia or Brazil. I don't know that we have any listeners in Russia or Brazil. In your face, Russia? <sighs> I bet Putin is really upset <laughs> that he can't get his Arch Travels expansion. He's been waiting on this, this expansion since the base game was released. I know it. And now he's we're riding just, around shirtless on his horse and like really thinking about this. <laughs> we just pulled the rug out from underneath Putin and that that could have just pushed him over the edge. We got political. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to. <laughs> Actually, it's Jason's fault, not mine. It's fine. It's not really political. It's just dumb banter. <laughs> it's so about usual for us. Oh, but the Magic Socks includes the Enchanted theme pack. So you're going to have, you can crochet some enchanted little items like little, these little sorcerer hats or there's, um, it looks like an owl bear kind of plushy, very cute. Um, the game itself is really fun, just kind of contract fulfillment, um, but with a really adorable theme and the components are cute, cute art. So if you liked Arch Ravels, check out Magic Socks. It's on Backer Kit. This is from XYZ Game Labs. I don't know if I said that. Uh to get the Magic Socks expansion, it is $24, $25, and there's 11 days left on the backer kit. What do you call that? P campaign. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this all sounds cool. Uh, it has actually some decent – the bundling little option is cool, which I may end up backing. But every time I go to backer kit, it looks like it came straight out of, like, 2002. It's running <laughs> on, like – Windows 95. Um, backer kit is terrible. So I don't know what they're doing, but whatever they're doing, they need to fix it and amp up the look, the ease of use. GameFound's blowing it away, and GameFound's not even that easy to use. Kickstarter is crushing it because Kickstarter is really easy to use. So they need to sort this out. 
and make this interface a little bit better. It's 2022. Come on. Yeah. Again, if we've talked about like people complain about Kickstarter and all that jazz, that's fine. But if GameFound and BackerKit, these other alternative options want to compete, then they, they need to get an app. They need to make a great user interface. And then, yeah, they'll kick Kickstarter in the face. Absolutely. But they have to be able to do that kind of thing. Oh, I agree. Yeah. The game sounds fantastic, but backer kit mm, makes it a little tricky. All right. So my next one should come as no surprise. Uh, this is on Kickstarter and it's for Jason's new obsession. And that is Wonderland's War Shards of Madness. So this is an expansion to Wonderland's War, which we have talked about. See the last podcast and probably the one before that. Um, so it is an opportunity not only to buy the original, buy the deluxe edition of the original, but they have the Shards of Madness expansion. It's kind of a mini expansion. It's um, fairly cheap. It's got 35 more cards. And what it really does is it takes the base game and makes those shards that you get, the madness shards, even more interesting. Um, there's quests surrounding them. You've got Wonderlandians that are now kind of interacting with them. I looked at some of the powers. Whoa. Like uh, before you would get this this unicorn and if like you get rewarded for different types of chips. Well, now with the shard unicorn, each time you draw a chip with a different border color, you put a shard on it. And if you don't win the battle, the winner gets all the shards that you have for those different types. And if you bust, you just discard those shards. So the madness shards are moving around in lots of different ways. Um, they now have like a 10 times shard. Um, it's just kind of making things a little bit maybe riskier, just adding a little bit more. You can have double feats and leader quests that are new, um, get some rewards for winning the starting battle. It's just kind of kicking that up just a little bit. A great game, making it just a little bit better. Really, it looks really interesting. Um I know Jason is super pumped about this. So if you like Wonderland's War, um, check it out. There's seven days left on that Kickstarter, and it's only 15 bucks for that new mini expansion. Also, if you're like, oh my gosh, Jason keeps rambling on and on about Wonderland's War. I want it. You can also check out this Kickstarter for um, the game as well. So confession time right here. Everybody knows that I hate backing Kickstarters. But no, everyone knows that you're cheapskate. That's true. But this one, I may have gone all in on the deluxe. I may have. What? Yeah. I still have seven days to change my mind. But <laughs> as of right now, the deluxe is in the, the, the pledge. So we'll see. I really only want the chips. But man, those little shaped meeples, I know you like those. Those personalized player bags are really nice. I could take or leave the minis, but they do now have colored bases for your minis when you get Wonderlandian Wonderlandians and your own character, which is cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. But even if you don't want to do all that, just get the base game. It's well worth it. So much fun. Um, if you don't have Wonderland's War, or wait till it gets released and I get my deluxe and I'll sell you mine um, if you want to wait that long. But either way, great game. Check it out. I also forgot to mention, if you have the original, um, they have... 
augmented the Mad Hatter and the Jabberwocky characters, and so they are selling the updated play- updated player boards for those for five bucks with this Kickstarter. So maybe you would like a new player board if you have the game originally, and you can also get that on this Kickstarter. I forgot to mention that. Um, although the fact that you say that you're all in on the deluxe explains why you're packing up our youngest child's things because you have clearly sold her in order to be able to go all in on deluxe version of a kickstarter i mean it's a small price to pay right we have two kids we can afford to get rid of one right this is not an air and spare situation i don't think (laughs) Uh, and my last game for crowdfunding moving on from jason's choices about kickstarter backing we will recircle uh is a game from moonlit more games llc which I don't know anything about them. I know that's shocking to you all. Um, I don't, this is not their first venture, uh, but I don't necessarily know their other ones. Uh, But the game I want to talk about is called From the Shadows. Oh, they've done just different editions of Last Days of Athobray. Sure. Anyway. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know. From the Shadows is a, like a light. It says it's horror themed. It doesn't look scary to me. And I have a pretty low threshold where scary is concerned. Uh, but it is, I I feel like it's a, a general fantasy theme. But it's competitive, light deck builder, one to four players where you are basically trying to be this hero. You are like um, trying to collect the most bounties and get the most treasure by killing monsters. And so there are these decks that are tailored to your ability. So there are specific cards in each deck based on which character you choose to play. So you are attacking monsters. And since it's competitive, if you attack a monster, it's rare that you're you're going to be able to take it out all at once. But then if you attack one in order to soften it up a little bit, let's say, since it's competitive, someone else could come in and sweep the kill from you and get the bounty. Um, So you're really managing your hand. Uh, You also are able to eat food to heal. And that can kind of change what you do with your hand. And healing, you can also discard cards to get through your deck faster, kind of building the hand you want. You've got like items to use. Um, It has almost, it seems to have, I guess, I'm just talking from what I can tell, that there's a villain in each like there's four different villain scenarios. And so they have monster abilities and challenges that go with each one, almost the way that you do in like a legendary kind of situation. But this is kind of like you can be an assassin or a huntsman or a basic soldier or a conjurer. And um, you're just gathering the loot, um, taking out these basic monsters and also taking on villains and their minions. So I thought I love deck builders. I love the idea of like most deck builders that have this kind of aspect of fighting or taking out bounties. You're doing it against each other. Like in some ways it reminds me of the way Hero Realms plays. But that in that you are fighting each other. But this you are fighting an enemy, but it's not a common enemy where you're working together. So I just I, I just think that's a really interesting um, difference about this game. And I really, I really love deck building. So 
If you like deck building, if you like some of those aspects, check out From the Shadows. There's 11 days left on that Kickstarter, and it's 25 bucks. That's a good price, and I do like deck building, but I'm still uh, thinking about Wonderland's War, so yeah, I'm good. I know you can't see past Wonderland's War. <laughs> okay, and that's all I have for news this week. All right, so next up we have some games that we played, and we did actually play games together this week. How about that? We're trying something <laughs> new. We did, despite the fact that we couldn't record for most of the week. That's true, but had we recorded early, we wouldn't have a couple games on here. So true. both a blessing and a curse, I guess. Uh, so the first game we're going to talk about is a game that was on my anticipated Gen Con releases. And a little tiny push-your-luck game. A game called Bag of Chips. Now, found this on Amazon because I didn't even know it was released in America yet. It was on Amazon, picked it up, played it, and it is so fun. Like, it's not the greatest push-your-luck game in the world, but effectively what you're doing in this game is someone's going to have the bag filled with chips, and the chips are going to have different flavors, which basically means colors. And you're going to have a hand of six cards, which are scoring cards. Someone's going to be pulling five chips out of the bag, and then you're going to discard two of the scoring cards in your hand face down in front of you. You're no longer going to have the option to try to score those. Then you're going to pull four tokens out of the bag, and you're going to discard another card out of your hand. Then you're going to pull three. I think it's three. That sounds right. And you're going to put two cards on the positive scoring side of your pile and one on the negative. Now, what you're trying to do is you're trying to meet the criteria of these scoring cards to get points. The more points you get, the better chance you have of getting the reward token, and you're trying to be the first player to get four reward tokens. Then you're going to pull out one more chip, and then one more chip, and then you're going to score. And everybody's going to add up what they have on their positive side, subtract what they have on their negative side, if anything, because if you don't want to meet the objective, you don't get anything for it. It just goes away. And then whoever has the most points gets two reward chips. Whoever's in second gets one, if you're playing more than a two-player game. And then you're going to play until in sub subsequent rounds until someone gets full reward chips and that's it all push your luck a little bit of math silly theme but i love it so that's bag of chips how do you feel about bag of chips i liked it it helped that i won the first game uh but i think it takes at least one playthrough which thankfully it's quick to figure out exactly what you're doing um, because really at the beginning, you're like, I have all these cards. I want to score them all based on the first set of chips that are out there. What is likely what's not going to happen. And then also like, what's the most points. But eventually as you dwindle down in those cards, you're like, oh, something has to count for negative scoring. So then you're like, well, what is still a possibility? What's not a possibility more that I haven't gotten rid of yet? Which is hard because at the beginning you're like trying to get rid of those cards that you think are going to happen, but you might need one at the end so that you don't get negative points if you actually manage to score some. And then there's the fact that you may not score any because of all the things that are going on you can't control. What or negative. Holding. Yes. <laughs> the other thing that I would like to see in this game that it doesn't have, or maybe it did when it was released, I don't know, is like a deluxified version, which you were just talking about, but... If like the chips are just cardboard, like shaped things, I would really like, and maybe someone knows how to do this, like 3D printed, even little plastic chips to give like that chip texture. Um, it would probably make it harder for people 
um, that are colorblind because I, I think it would be harder to print the symbols on the plastic if you were doing it at home. But I would love to like feel like the bag has like real chips in it or crisps, depending on where you're from, uh, inside of it, I think that would just enhance it and, and make the, like the upping that little bit quality of components. I would really love, then that would make this game like real high for me. Yeah. I just, I hate the bag. Uh, in my review, I said that I felt like that guy in clerks that gets his hand stuck in the Pringles can <sighs> when I'm reaching in there to try to get the chips out. Cause the bag is like pretty small, really. Mm-hmm. So when I reach in there, like <laughs> it gets stuck on my hand and I feel like that guy, um, the bag is not great, but outside of that, everything else is cool to me. I don't care about the deluxe chips. Like, yes, it would be cool to reach in and grab some Pringles or whatever, um, or broken pieces of chips. Like you really get in bags. Um, <laughs> it's all air. Yeah. But no, I, I think it's awesome. I, even with the bag, I don't really care. It's a great game. I'll play it anytime. It takes 10 minutes, so it's not that big a deal. And it's just a lot of fun. I bet if like Buffalo got a hold of this, they would make it like a bigger bag and plastic chips and it would still be cheap. Oh, for sure. They'd probably sell it for like 10 bucks. Yeah, I'd be all in. Let's let's pass it on. Not that they're listening. <laughs> they or might. Care what we you think. They, they might. <laughs> all right. So the next game is the highlight of Katie's game day. And don't even, don't it, even joke about that. It is Martin Wallace classic, but the new version from Roxley. And this is Brash. Brash. Brass Lancashire, which is the re-implementation of Brass. Just they slapped the actual location on it. Give it a little bit of theme. Uh, And effectively what you're doing in this is you are industrialists building different uh, industries around the map, uh, producing coal, producing iron, using coal, using iron, selling cotton, opening ports to make it easier to sell cotton, building a ship that gives you points. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get as much income as you can to help you throughout the game and ultimately end with the most points. And the game's played through this uh, card mechanism. I think it's interesting, but cards, you always have to discard a card to take an action and only the the card, either location on the card or the type of card only matters when you're building. Uh, And then you get to take two actions on your turn, just trying to make the best of what you can do. I think this is a great game. I know that there's going to be some differing opinions coming here in a minute, but um, it's fun to me, to me. And I like how the networks work and the cute, the coal and iron travel works and how scoring is. I love everything about it. I actually think the new one has some missteps on some of the graphic design. We were building some industries and it's hard to tell if coal is needed and all that kind of thing. So while, yes, it may look more fitting and prettier, matter of opinion, I think the older one is actually more functional. So Brass Lancashire, big thumbs up for me. Now, let's hear how much Katie loves it. Oh, boy. Um, so this time, I understood better how to play it. So in some ways, that helped. Well, I mean, last time you did play it with Cole Dratzer, so. He who shall not be named on the <laughs> podcast. That ruined a lot of games for me. Bless his heart. Uh, but... It's just not fun. Like, this game is so boring. Like, you take two actions on your turn, and then it takes, like, 200 years to get back to your turn. Um, I, And then you barely get any turns anyway. I, And who cares about the coal, oil, brat, Only everybody? Whatever. No. It, 
like if I have to deal with that in real life, I don't want to deal with it in the game. It's ugly. Even the new one's ugly. I don't care what people say. Marty Wallace, no. Like I, I, there's one Martin Wallace game I will play, and then it's London. Everything else has been a big fat turd, including this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a turd. Come on. It's a coal covered turd. <laughs> All right. So Katie's favorite game of the weekend. All right. Got it. No, I, I know that I like this game a lot. I, we don't play a lot of Martin Wallace games because mostly I'm the only one that really likes because them. Because they're terrible. And they're no, terrible. No one wants to play them normally. Uh, they're Chris, ugly and boring. Chris will play them. But again, it's just me and him. And most Marty, Martin Wallace games cannot be played at two. So that is part of the struggle as well. But yes, I appreciate you letting me play brass, even though you didn't love it. So let's Let's keep know. that in mind. Yeah, okay. And the next game is a small game, really quick. Um, I played it before, but I don't know if I talked about it. I don't think I talked about it because Katie didn't play it. Um, But we did play one round of it, which is basically the whole game. One round is a whole game, but usually you can play more than one. And it is called Marvel Remix. And this is the Marvel version of Fantasy Realms. Now, I don't know how different this is from Fantasy Realms because I haven't played Fantasy Realms. I've just played Red Rising, which is based on Fantasy Realms. But this has a real, it's real similar to Red Rising. Uh, You're taking, you have cards in your hand and on your turn, you're either going to draw a card from one of the two decks or you're going to pick up a card from the tableau and then replace it with a card from your hand. And you're trying to get as many cards in your hand that have synergy together, that score together, have different icons that you need to score the most points. The trick here in this one is you have to make sure you at least have a villain in your hand or, or, and either a hero or an ally, or you can't score any points. So the vi- why, well, why don't you just keep drawing villains? Cause villains are really hard to score. They give you negative points. A lot of the times they need certain other requirements. They're harder to score than the other ones. So the tendency is draw the other cards cause they're easier, but just make sure you have a villain in your hand at the end of the game. And then the game will end once there are 10 cards in the tableau, which usually takes 15 minutes. <laughs> it's pretty fast. Um, it has nice artwork if you're into Marvel. It's a f- it's fine. Like I think it's fine. I would rather play Red Rising because there's more of a game there. This just feels like I'm just picking up a card and putting a card down. It doesn't give me really that many options, but it- it's fine. So how do you feel about Marvel Remix? I really like this, and I think you're wrong. I would really like to own this or Fantasy Realms. Like I like a Marvel theme. I like as a child have been inundated with Marvel, not just because of the new films. Um, It all goes back to the 90s X-Men animated cartoon. Dude, that is gold. So I I like the theme a lot. And I also really do like Red Rising, which Jason like pooped on when we first played it and has since seen the obvious error of his ways. Too bad you can't see the air of your ways about brass. Uh, but <laughs> there's, there's no error there. That's why. <laughs> I like I like the card play because to me that's very interesting. To me there are lots of choices because, again, this is a simple I have to draw a card and I have to play – I have to discard a card. Simple to play, but the choices are really key. Now, for me, you start with a villain. I had no problem. I took the villain I was given and I worked with it. I actually picked up a second one and made him work too. So I guess it just depends on how good you are at playing. I, I think I think that's my problem though, because 
Like I heard Amy say that she didn't even get rid of any of the cards in her starting hand. They all worked to yeah. get well together. I didn't have that luxury. So I was trying to get better cards in my hand, do all this stuff. And then by the time I get at least, you know, partially where I want to, the game's over. So right. I didn't have enough time to sort stuff out. That's kind of what I don't like about it. It's too fast. And that's why I, that would be on one criticism is it should be like a three or four, five round game, um, kind of like games like Hagakure or other games, they give you this little scoring pad and you are playing so many rounds. I think that makes it, it helps balance out the randomness of the cards that you receive in your first hand. Um, but I think that the choices of what do I keep, what do I get rid of, how am I going to make the synergy happen between these cards, I love that kind of thing. I love a good engine builder, and I love like just really like leveraging icons and special text and things. Like This is right up my alley. And if I wasn't so crazy busy with everything else, I would have played it more times for sure. So I really enjoyed it. I would like to own it and or and or plus play Fantasy Realms because I like this concept and the, the gameplay. Yeah, and the last time we played it when you were, I think you were at cheerleading with the youngest, we did play three games of it and it did feel a little bit better because I had that terrible round where I didn't score any points because I didn't have a villain. But then I made I didn't win by any means, but I made up for it in the second, third rounds because one, I kind of knew what I was doing more. And I was we drug out some of those rounds a little bit longer because nobody had good hands. So it does. I think I agree with you. It does play better multiple rounds as in one game. I would play the number of players that many times just mm. to you know have some shot at even and out the scoring or something. Yeah, because my hand was pretty good. I think I exchanged two cards, but I ended up getting a massive amount of points. Yeah, I had to exchange every time I took a card. I exchanged one because my hand was terrible. But yeah. Uh, yeah, either way, it, it's a fun game. I'm not going to say no if someone wants to play it. I just would definitely play more than one game at a time to help it out. Sure. So those are three games we played. Let's move on. So our feature um, had kind of an interesting introduction in my new segment because it is a well-known fact that Jason and I do not back many Kickstarters because we're just cheapos and we won't back them or we don't want the new hotness. We'll take old and busted always. But that doesn't mean that we don't live with some regret. So uh, today we wanted to talk about three games and I think almost all of these I discussed on a new segment previously for a Kickstarter and we did not back them. And now we're having some serious regrets. So Jason, start us off. What is a game that we passed on that you regret? All right. So mine's not one game. It's a series of games from Queen and one of my favorite designers, not Martin Wallace, Stefan Feld. And that is the Queen's city collection from Stefan Feld. And basically what this is, it's, it was a Kickstarter that was bringing back a lot of the older Stefan Feld games as reprints. So some that have been out of print forever, like Bruges and Macau. They were reprinting some of those with some new mechanisms, better art, again, subjective. And there were also some new ones that have never been released before, which is what I'm actually more bummed about. Because there were a couple new games in there that I really wanted, but the only way to get them was in the Kickstarter. And the pricing for this Kickstarter was, I mean... 
It was 90 bucks for one game, not even a deluxe game. I'm pretty sure it was crazy expensive. So there's no way I was going to do that. Even though I love Feld, I'll just bust out my old crusty ones and just imagine that I'm playing a new one. Um, but yeah, I'm now I'm seeing a bunch of the pictures and all the new game announcements and it's really, it's really getting to me. So that is Queens city collection by Stefan Feld. Now, I didn't care as much about this because um, I never remember what Feld games are except for Merlin, and that wasn't one of these. Um, but I remember some complaining, like, oh, this is not a big deal. It's just these remakes. We can have the old busted. Like, this is stupid. What a wait. So, and and I- part of that is because it was hard to understand which games were remakes and that there were some new ones in there. So I'm regretting the new ones, not the, the old and busted remix, the, the new ones. That's my specific regret. Mm, okay. <laughs> so the ones that I'm talking about, the ones I'm talking about today, I know that I covered as Kickstarter news options. Um, we all know that I like lots of games and Jason just doesn't back them. Again, we share an account. Um, he does a lot more research generally than me and I like pretty shiny things. So I allow that to just pass. But whew, this one, I'm seeing it's been fulfilled and it makes me, the pictures, oh, they make me have so much FOMO because I, I actually missed out. And that game is Flamecraft. Uh, from the beginning, the artwork I thought was super adorable. The idea that you are gathering items and you're placing these little dragons. Dragons can cast enchantments. They are shopkeepers. Um, so you're working with them and uh, you're doing some contract fulfillment, you know, getting items and favor from dragons. Oh my gosh, adorable. But I've seen people post the pictures of playing it um, when it's all laid out on the table. It looks awesome. People said it's so much fun. I mean, I was wowed by the artwork itself from the very beginning. It has that adorable, um, the same look as, oh, shoot. What's the name of that series where the little drag, tea, dragon, teas, tea, dragon, society, tea, dragon, society, has that same kind of artwork, but the actual components to the boards uh, and the way people have raved about the gameplay makes me so, so sad that I do not own this. Um, I'm not even sure. Kim has it, I think. Does she? I'm pretty sure she just sent me a text that's saying she got it in the mail. So maybe we could play that at our upcoming game thing. Because like the geek market has stuff for like a hundred dollars if you want it uh and so i don't know if i'll i'll get i'll ever get it even if i do love it but so my first totally regret not getting on the flame craft train yeah and part of it some of these are hard too because tons of games get hyped up on kickstarter right it's then hard to determine you know is it really a good game or does it just have the kickstarter hype so now we're able to start to see on some of these, we can start to see the hype, not the case in all of mine, but you know, you can start to see the hype on like Flamecraft. People are saying it's actually good and it wasn't just, you know, Kickstarter hype. The next one I have on my list is one that I'll probably never get to play or buy, but I love this designer so much. He was actually on our podcast in the early days, Vital Lacerda. And this is Weather Machine. 
This was on Kickstarter. It's an Eagle Griffin game, so it automatically bumps the price up to like $125. Nice components, great art, great bits. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it's, it's too much for one game for me that is really hard for me to get to the table. And I say that because I just you know dropped a bunch on Wonderland's War, but I can get that to the table easier than a VTAL game. Weather Machine looks great. It's a VTAL game. I don't know much about it other than you're building the machine to try to adjust the weather to score points. That's the overall theme. Great bits. I'm sure there's a follow mechanism. I'm sure it's a big beefy rule book. Um, I can pretty much blind play a VTAL game and be happy with it, so no issues there. But this is one I really want. I Every time I see pictures of it, I get bummed out. That is just one that I'll probably just be able to admire on a shelf and never get a play. So that is Weather Machine. I honestly think that it could happen because you never thought we'd have On Mars, and we do have it, and we still haven't played it. Well, so. that's Chris's game. It's just at our house. Oh, I thought you traded for someone to get a copy of it. No, Chris brought it over for me to learn, and I just haven't learned it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I punched it out. I just haven't learned it. Well, then there's that. <laughs> and I guess I do understand the fact that it is difficult to get some people to play VTAL games, but I think we... You and I could play them, and even just with a third, there's some some people that we regularly game with that would probably be okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just hard because I the barrier to entry to a veto game is a lot harder than a game like Wonderland's War. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to spend that kind of money, um, I want to get it on a game that I can actually play more than once every two years. So that's my struggle there. Okay, I see. Uh, My next one is a game that I covered as a Kickstarter, and I knew Jason would never be interested in it because it's not his jam. But, oh, the theme and even the play is something I really enjoy, and it's Legends of Sleepy Hollow. I love the Legends of Sleepy Hollow, the Washington Irving story. I like that as a theme a lot. And in this story, like, Ichabod Crane disappeared, which happens and so now four of the residents are going to uncover what's going on and so you can play it's like i think one to four players so you can be like the undertaker or the war vet or the minister or the tanner and it's cooperative where you have an action pool to like investigate and look through the environment you are you know powering up everybody has abilities um, and you can, you know, use though, and like you can gain fear. And so, yes, it's like story based, but it's got these like smaller like scenarios that you go through um, as you kind of unravel the mystery. So there's this campaign aspect to it. Um, but like the artwork is amazing. I love that idea of theme. Um, you can have equipment and uh, clothing to help keep you warm. Uh, you've got your actions that get dispensed, different types, you know, and you have got, you know, monsters that attack you and trying to defeat them. I saw this in um, like our local game store. It's like $100 there. And I was like, oof. I don't know about that. And then I looked online and I'm like, well, you're not getting it cheaper anywhere else. Uh, it it just looks like a really fun, like story-based, battling plus investigative kind of game. And 
I really want to play it. And I really wish I had it. And that's uh, Legends of Sleepy Hollow. So I did actually watch the first scenario on this mm-hmm. on a YouTube video. And the action selection pool is really cool. You start with some, so many actions and then you can get fear by doing things. But the fear can also be spent as an action to, you know, as an icon to take some actions. Uh, the investigation is just go to an area and flip a card, which is pretty cool. Uh, it doesn't seem as bad as I was expecting. So um, maybe there's a possibility we can get it for cheap. I'll play it. That is the caveat. Get it for cheap. <laughs> Probably not. That's true. It's expensive. It's, it is an expensive. <laughs> uh, and my last one is actually a game that's being reprinted. It's a Reiner Knizia game that's been out of print for quite a time. And this one is called Raw. It's being reprinted by 25th Century. Nice deluxified components, wooden bits. Um, effectively, what this is, is it's an auction game. You're trying, you're drawing bits out of a bag, and then you're trying to build tableaus with these chits. But if you build too much, you can bust. I haven't really looked into it a ton. I've watched a couple of videos, but a long time ago. Um, but the reason that I didn't back this is still really expensive for just a little pusher, you know, auctiony game. And I think it was going for like $60, $70 for the new version. And I don't know, that seemed a little bit high for a Knizia game. And yeah, the art looks great. It has nice components, but $70, eh, I got to be out. So I looked for the old one. Old one's also going for $70, so that's kind of why I'm <laughs> kicking myself. Um, I could have gotten a new shiny one for $70 or the old one busted for $70. New, new hotness probably is the way I would go. Uh, it's just, just a little too much. I'll just play someone else's copy, but the game looks great. And now that I've seen more pictures, more gameplay of it, it just looks fantastic and I really want it. So that is raw. I don't know anything about this game. Just the name turns me off. I don't know why. Because I think all the Egyptian themed games that I know that I've played, I've disliked. I think that's why I don't like that. You like Thebes, right? Yeah, but that's not Egyptian. I guess that's true. It's like. Based solely. Yeah, it has it in there, but that's true. That's archaeology based, so. I don't know. And of course, like, I'm really bad about making snap judgments about games. And I'm like, oh, it is really good. Dang it. (laughs) Uh, This last game I also covered in Kickstarter and I was so pumped about it. And I really wanted it. And then I met the designer. We met the designer at Origins. So nice. A super nice guy into the same kind of games we are. He likes heavy euros a lot. Um, And Paverson Games is publishing it. And the game is called Distilled we played like a sample round and it was so fun because it it's a little bit heavy. Like they have the weight set on BGG at 3.09 out of five, which I think is too high. Uh, but it is so thematic because you are managing resources. You have a distillery, you are making different types of, spirits um so you have to get the resources to make them to begin with you know you can get people they're going to help you um do that better give you better recipes and then but the thing is once you get those ingredients then you go through the distilling process and any good distiller knows the top the first pour and the last are not going to be the best. So you discard those, which that can mean that you could lose something that's vital for you to make a particular recipe and you end up with hooch or whatever. Like 
that push your luck bit and the, the fact that it's super thematic. So, oh my gosh, I love that. That was so interesting. Um, and just like looks good. That whole idea of what you need, the layout of the player board. Um, you can upgrade barrels. You can up uh, get people that are going to help you. There's spirits from all over the place. Where do you sell it? Ah, the more, the more I learn and know about it, the more I wish we had backed this because you could um, have like a late pledge. They had an open origins and we didn't do it. And this game is not out yet, but when it gets fulfilled, it will not be coming to my house. And that makes me very sad. So my last game, Distilled. He did say they were going to release it to, uh, to retail, though. So there is hope. Yes, there we'll, is we'll hope. See. We'll see. So, yeah, this is definitely one that I want to pick up because it does look good. Cool theme that's not used in a ton of games, honestly. Um, and, yeah, it looks really good. Uh, it does say, I went to the website, you can pre-order it. Oh, oh, yeah, I think he was saying that at Origins, too. You could go there, pre-order there, I think. Yeah, so there is pre-order still available. I'm not sure when the fulfillment is for this. But I also um, believe that something that he... The next game he was working on it was in the works. I think the reason we passed on it is at $70. Yeah, it was it was pricey. Yeah, it was pricey. But it looks so good. Uh, I'm going to kick myself even more when I see people playing it. Well, we'll just wait for it to go to retail. Maybe it'll come down in price a little bit because sometimes at Kickstarter things are a little bit more because you're helping fund the game and all that stuff so maybe it'll be cheaper hmm, maybe that's my hope so, <laughs> that's our hope with all of these I think right yeah yeah I hope Weather Machine is $50 when it comes out not gonna happen but well and I think that's kind of how we operate operate a lot we watch the secondary market we hope for trades um, we hope for pre-owned copies uh, because again, for us, the hobby is just that it's a hobby. Um, we are very frugal with our money, but we still do have regrets on games we've passed on. So what about you? What are some games that you passed on that you regret it because you've seen it, you've played it, you've heard others talk about it and confirm that it's great. Tell us on any of our socials. I think Wonderland's War is an example of one that Jason thought he would hate, tried it. Um, realized he had made a mistake, but quickly rectified it. Yeah, mistakes were made on that one for sure. <laughs> and now he's going all in. So let us know some games that you really, you passed on and you regretted because I know we're not alone in this. We joke around and discuss the FOMO that people have that causes them to back every Kickstarter and sink all their money in and have lots of games on their shelf of shame. But um, sometimes... There are some that just got away. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all I have for today. Yep, same. I got nothing. We're looking forward to a weekend of gaming, so we'll have lots to report on games played next week. And next week, we're kicking off our top 100. Can you believe it? Oh, yeah. I've already started sorting my games. I have 600 games to rank. Oh, my gosh. Those are the ones I, that I actually like out of the, like, a thousand that I played <laughs> or that, that I've logged that I know that I've played. 
And then I can't remember half the games I've played. So I'm always in trouble when it comes around to this time of year. I'll send you my list and you can grab the ones that you played. Yeah, but I may not remember. Oh, my goodness. If I don't remember, you're off the list. Yeah, that's probably that's good. How, that's good that's how I got to rule. So uh, look forward to that. If you want to start, uh, if you want to track with us and have your own top 100, I suggest you start working on that in this next week because we are going to kick it off um, with the lowest, the highest 10 from 100 to 91 or yep, 90. 191. Uh, and we'd love to hear about your list as well. Um, so until then, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.